0: Welcome to the Salventry Show. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to the podcast and the YouTube channel, Salvetri here, and today we have to break down the WGC Mexico. Shorter field, around 70 players in this one. Should be exciting. You're gonna have like 43 or 42 of the top 50 golfers in the world here. It's a no-cut event. Very important to know that because, well, if it's a no-cut event, you're not just prioritizing the bottom feeders, the 6K range, who are going to be okay golfers and and good to okay golfers with some asterisks around that uh, in that range because you don't just need them to make the cup. You actually need them to compete. Actual scoring, positional scoring um, is going to matter here, where you place in the tournament. The amount of birdies or better, that type of statistic that you can produce here. So We'll take a look at all that. Since this event starts on Wednesday morning as opposed to Thursday, so once again, starts, I believe, at Wednesday at 10 a.m. East Coast time. Be sure to check in there. Make sure your lineups are in. Make sure you're, you're looking early enough so you don't miss the tournament. I'm going to be producing this right here for the, the Podcast Streets the YouTube channel's wherever you listen to the podcasts. I'm going to go um, pricing range by pricing range and really just focus on one to two players because I either like them or don't like them. For the more in-depth breakdown, that'll be on Patreon early, early, either tomorrow morning or late tonight where we're factoring the ownership. We'll be talking about more leverage. We'll be talking about pretty much all these players from the $11,000 to $8,000 range, the ones that will be the most intriguing. I'll talk through a lot more in the six and seven K range. It'll be more thorough. It'll be maybe around a 45 minute episode compared to this one, which would should touch around 15 to 20 minutes to get something out there for the podcast folks as well. The only reason that it's going to be a little bit more abbreviated on the YouTube channel is pretty much because it's starting a day earlier. um, So it's, it's just tougher to create different content um, when you have one less day to do so because you know you don't get as much um, ownership changes and things like that so Welcome. If you are new here, my name is Salvatore. Before we get into it, I do cover daily fantasy sports and fantasy sports, sports betting to an extent. Have some of those videos prepped and, and going to be putting them out uh, shortly um, in a bunch of varieties of different sports. So, thank you for being here. If you get any value from this podcast or YouTube channel, please totally free to do so. It's the thing that helps me out the most. Hit the subscribe button. We got up to number seven and number ten yesterday on the audio version. First time touching the top ten. I believe we dropped down to like number fourteen now. Those rankings for podcasts jump around all the time, but. Pretty cool to see that like half of the uh, half of the podcasts above me are really only ESPN, CBS, huge enterprise and company-backed, Disney-backed companies um, at that point. So as an independent content creator, I'll take it. And, and honestly, it's all due to the listeners. If you're watching on the YouTube channel, it's all due to the YouTube people helping me get closer to 20,000 subscribers here. So thank you all so much. The golf is a new area, relatively new compared to the other sports of me diving into this year, somewhat of last year. So if you're new here, there's a good chance. Uh, Please do. Take the couple seconds to hit that subscribe button over on the YouTube channel and also the big one on the podcast streets. See if we can maybe crack the top five for one of these days for the audio version. So with that said, just a quick little background on this tournament. Again, it is a no-cut event. There's going to be around 70 players in the field. You're going to have about six out of the top 10 here. You're going to have 43 of the top 50. So loads of great golfers. But then you also have players who lead some other just off-the-beaten track tours, um, and there's going to be in the bottom end of this, maybe like five to 10 golfers who, for the most part, are just, just not going to compete uh, and really easy to, honestly, in my opinion, just X them off your cheats and we'll get down there. It's really most of the guys below the $6,500 range. So some of the statistics that correlate really well here, OE strokes gain to green is going to be important. Um, I think driving distance will matter here. There are four drivable par fours. The first two on the course are two of the easiest on the, the course itself, but also on tour drivable par fours under 300, uh, under 400 yards. The one is under, I think 320 yards. So very drivable. It's pretty much that's up as a par three, but they want scoring on it. You have two long, three long par fives, all above 575 feet, two of them above 600 uh, yards. I meant to say there, um, what's interesting here is that this course plays around 73, 7,400, Yards long, but it's at elevation in Mexico. So it's only going to be playing like seven thousand six thousand eight hundred yards. So it's actually going to play short, but look like an average size course. So those longer par fives are are really going to be just normal par fives. I would imagine with the elevation, those short par fours that I was just talking about below 400, below 320 yards, they're going to play even shorter here. So you want people who have distance can drive those, get you there in one, create eagle opportunities. Um, I think that's important. As always you want accuracy. there's going to be a lot of tree lined fairways here, so a combination of the both is great. You'll usually find that in most of the top end pricing players, but we can find some of those down uh, in the bottom ends as well. Scrambling, I think will be more important here due to the fact that there are tree line fairways and there's going to be some of that Kakuya rough as you saw last week in Riviera as well. Uh, it will be here as well so. With that being said, let's start in the 10,000 plus range here, the 10,000 plus range. And my first yes, I'll have yeses and I'll point out if they're yeses for you audio listeners and I'll have guys marked to look more into. But my first yes is the most expensive player in the slate, Rory McIlroy. And at 11,500, he finished fifth last week and he wasn't needed in the winning lineups. I don't know how often that actually happens. Yes, I know he probably needs to win more times than not to, to be in the, in the running, but in a 70 person field. You finishing fifth is is going to be a lot better than last week when I believe there were five golfers at 6500 or 6700 and below in the top 10. Um yes, when you're that cheap and you're in the top 10, somebody's going to have one or two of those golfers as they did when Adam Scott wins the thing at the 9k range. Yeah, the guy who's the most expensive on the slate might not be needed. But in a field around half the size now, I think that anywhere if Rory was to top 5 finish here, he's probably going to be in a lot of winning lineups and he's definitely not going to be in a lot of losing lineups at that point. So I do have interest in Rory, 5-1 to one odds. I don't really want to bet these short numbers personally. I'm going to be sticking to some of the longer numbers. I have two bets in, and I'll touch on those when I get there. But he's a number one tee to green player still, second in distance. He's a top five scrambler, ball striking, all that. DraftKings points, he's a leader there. He only lost um, 0.1 strokes putting last week. Other than that, he was pretty much dominant in every other department. Uh, he triple bogeyed on five Sunday, after co-leading the event with Kuchar going into it, triple bogeyed on five, where Adam Scott also, I believe, double bogeyed, but Scott then finished that up on the next hole with a two um, on the par three, getting a, bo- uh, getting a birdie there, where Rory just could not rebound from it. So T2 finish here last year. Fine going to Rory. Dustin Johnson priced up to $11,000. And a big reason why is probably his course history here. Um, He has won this event here in Mexico. They played it now three years. He won it in 2017, won it last year. And then in uh, 2018, when Phil Mickelson won it, got hot with the putter fill that year, um, Dustin Johnson finished T7. So this is his playground. He's getting better trending-wise, I guess you can say. Look, um, I think he's trending better. He he gained everywhere last week. He's been missing with the putter. I believe last week, gaining with the putter was only his second time in the last 10 events, but it looked like good Dustin. Yes, as, as Sunday approached, there just wasn't much there. I mean, he, he birdied on the front nine and on the back nine. He just had two bogeys. He was just very uneventful on Sunday, which I guess is concerning, but he... I mean, if it was killer, Dustin, you probably see him getting hot three, four bogeys on that back nine or at least on the day and ends up winning the event, finishing T2 instead of a T9 there. But I think it's better than what we've seen or at least expected, in my opinion, compared to some previous weeks. Um, he gained putting for the second time in the last 10 events, like I said, last week. So defending champion, he's not a yes for me. Rory is the yes in this range. He's a guy that I want to look more into because the price point makes it really difficult to want to get there. $10,000 last week. Sure, I'll get there. $11,000 this week. Just give me Rory in my opinion. Hideki at $10,000 flat is the next guy in this range i have some concerns like he he made the cut on the number after firing a dart onto the green and sinking um the birdie at riviera and then he ended up finishing i believe top 10 very high up there at that point he's a top 10 player in approach ball striking t to green he's 25th in distance he's on 11th in scrambling but he's definitely priced up due to last week you get him at $10,000 he gained 12.4 strokes t to green last week 12.4 you want to know the last time he did that? August of twenty seventeen. We're going on almost three years since he was that dominant. to Green. That's why I have next to him. I might fade him. I know people like him here. I know a lot of people have been hyping him up. But for Hideki, at twenty to one odds to win the tournament, that puts him in a price range that he should probably be priced around Xander, Tommy Fleetwood, Bryson, who are all priced around 9K to 92 to nine k to ninety two to ninety four hundred. I think you're overpaying for Hideki by six to eight hundred dollars. I don't think it's the worst case scenario. It's not like you're building a terrible lineup if you start with Hideki or or put him as your second guy in your lineup and and go stars and scrubs. But you are paying for one of his historically best T to green performances last week. I'm just probably not going to get there. Next up for me is Xander, who was the highest owned golfer in a lot of high stakes tournaments last week. He's 20 to one to win this event at 9,400. His two finishes here were T18 in 2018, a T14 in 2019. And at that price range, I mean, yeah, you take the T10 and and you run with it. But he's 16th in approach, top 10 ball striker, T to green player and off the tee, 18th in distance, and he is accurate, 8th in greens and regulations there. He's been hot T to green as of late, but his putter has been the thing that has been shaky. But you can bank on some of his long-term putting statistics because he's gained a half a stroke putting over his last... 20 rounds of golf so xander stands out he is not a yes though either bryson Whew. bryson might fall into the hideki category where he's a little bit overpriced due to last week but i don't think it's anything major like if bryson was 8500 here he would stand out like a sore thumb um but at nine thousand, i think it's appropriate uh maybe two three hundred dollars overpriced look he's a top 10 putter currently he's fourth in distance this is now his second time here if they're having trouble last week in the uh, altitude and elevation finishing t 46 you got a guy who gained the fourth most strokes T to green in his career. So similar to Hideki, we're talking about one of his best performances of his career. You're seeing that with Bryson last week as well. And he lost strokes putting for a guy who's been very excellent with the putter as of late. He's around the top 25 in T to green, ball striking, and off the tee. So what you're getting out of Bryson is a guy a $1,000 less who sort of fits the mold of what Hideki was doing last week. Now, we're expecting a lot more from Bryson in terms of trending upwards because of all this distance and and everything changing with his body and and the working out. And obviously he's fine with the putter. And now he's going for more distance and he's been there top four in distance. It's just a matter of the off the tee looks okay. It's just a matter of getting uh, tee to green and and obviously accuracy now a little bit more in check. But I'd rather pay for Bryson at nine thousand than Hideki if I'm going to just overpay for a performance last week. And I think just trending wise, Bryson has the higher ceiling here to win. And he's also a thousand dollars cheaper. Getting into the, so so guys I've talked about, Rory's a yes, DJ, Hideki, Xander, and Bryson are guys who are all interest of mine. There's more interest in those price ranges. Talk about them more on Patreon if you're interested. Um, the guys that I'm a little bit sketchy on would be DJ at 11K, Hideki at 10,000. I think that if you wanted to play Xander and Bryson, I don't really have much negative things to say about that. My second yes of the tournament. Paul Casey, 8,700, 40 to one odds on this one, the 21st ranked golfer in the world. He's just been great just the finishing performances, haven't been putting it all together. He's sixth in T degree in his last 50 rounds, fifth in approach, third off the tee. Um, he's been looking good, 24th in distance. You get him fifth in good drive, so he has distance in this field relative to his price point. It's around accurate. He's top five in, in good drives a Fantasy National stat. Check out fantasynational.com for advanced golf analytics stats. Um, he's fourth in greens regulation. The putter has been gross. Over his last five tournaments, he's losing 2.4 um, strokes gain or strokes lost putting. That's the big thing here. Everything else has looked fine for him. The problem is his putting. He has been good here. Uh, his worst finish was back in 2017, the first year they played here. He had a T16, a T12 in 2018, finished T3 here last year. I'll take my chances on Paul Casey. Um, I like him at 8,700. He is a yes for me. Gary Woodland is a sketchy, sketchy, sketchy player to be playing this week. And the only reason I have interest is probably because of the fact that nobody else will want to get here. Patrick Reed's around this price point. The always oh so popular Colin Morikawa is around this price point. Um, it's a spot where Gary Woodland in 2017, when they first played here, gained six strokes on approach. That was top eight in that field. He was fantastic. Then the past two years in 2018 and 2019, he's been bottom 10 in, a, in um, strokes gained approach losing, or I guess he ended up losing uh, 5.7, 4.7 strokes on approach. Not great. Now the game has been sketchy, mainly around the green and with the putter, but I'll take a chance if he's lower home and just bet on the pure talent. Even though he ended up losing four plus strokes on approach last year, he still finished T17 here. It's a no-cut event, so his T50 in 2018 is pretty horrendous. He finished T38 in 2017 when he actually gained on approach. His last event um, that we saw him at was about two, three weeks ago by the time this event will be kicking off. At Waste Management was fine on approach there. I like Gary Woodland as, as just a guy who, if nobody's on him, I'll be fine if he's going to be coming in this type of a field, 10 12% owned. I'm fine getting a little bit above that number. Finally, in this 8K range, Matthew Fitzpatrick is also marked as an X for interest of mine. There are distance concerns for Fitzpatrick. He's one of the best recent approach players in the field, gaining 2.4 strokes on approach over his last five tournaments. He's 18th if you take that number back a little bit more in approach play. This is now his third event of the year. You feel a little bit better about it. So, From $8,000 and above for the purposes of this podcast and YouTube channel, Rory is a yes. DJ and Hideki need to look more into, they both seem sketchy, Hideki a little bit more sketchy um, price point wise than DJ potentially for me. In the 9k range, I like Xander and I like Bryson, I think they're both very strong plays. And then in the 8k range, Paul Casey stands out as a yes, Gary Woodland is a sketchy maybe, but at least he's cheaper and probably lower owned. And then Matthew Fitzpatrick, a guy that I personally usually end up getting to model wise, um, but it's not anything that stands out above the rest. Now to get to a pretty pretty loaded uh, 7K range in terms of just 25 golfers here, um, about more than a third of the field is going to be in this range. And we usually don't see that, but again, shorter, smaller field here of around 70 players. Um, a couple of guys that I marked at the top answer Sanjay M. You can get there. Um, I don't really have any major concerns. I guess distance would be one for a guy like Sanjay. Victor Perez is interesting. You're not going to find any stats on him. He's coming over from just different tours, not the PGA tour, uh, but he is one of the best, at least last year, scores. 93.5 fa- fantasy points per game Or fantasy points per event. You can say last year, 80 to 1 odds. to win this thing, 42nd ranked golfer in the world. I actually think Perez is an interesting player here, uh, but I'll get down to some of my yeses. Um, Benny Ann, Benny on hand. Here's the issue if he becomes chalky, I'll just easily walk away from this. He usually is chalky. 7,400, I expect chalk to come in. We'll talk about ownership on Patreon. Again, that'll be linked up below. And I'll also link it up above now if you are interested on the YouTube version in the Patreon, but on the podcast and YouTube, it'll be in the description below. If you want to check out my exclusive content, have XFL content, rankings, all that stuff, more podcasts over there as well for different sports, NBA projections, that'll be back on Thursday, so on and so forth. But Benny, Benny Ann, he's a top 10 TD green player, 22nd in approach, number two around the green, which is, you know, always fine. It doesn't really matter as much here, but fine. The pr- concern is just his putting. How can he be so good around the green and just terrible with the putter? His last five tournaments, he's losing 2.9 strokes on putting. His last 20, he's losing 1.8 seven strokes putting, just absolutely terrible. If he's chalky, I'll fade it. Like here's the deal at 80 to one odds to win this thing. Um, similar to guys like Terrell Hatton, uh, similar to guys down here, like Billy Horschel and Corey Connors and Victor Perez, like we talked about his win upside is the same as them. He has a lot more sketchiness. I guess you can say if that's a word when it comes to his putter. And obviously if the putter gets hot the one time that it will in like four events, um, that four or five events, then you're going to be great. But if everybody's banking on the ownership of that happening, as if it's going to happen half the time or 75% of the time, or whatever it might be based on his ownership, compared to these other guys, well, then it's just an automatic fade for me. Going down a little bit more, Kirk Kitayama, he could be a potential pivot off of Benny Benyana. Now he's not as great with the putter either, but he's a little bit better and it's a variant stat. He was a T18 at the Pro-Am where we saw him this year at Pebble. Again, could be the pivot to Ann here. The concerns are his shaky approach play, which is an important stat here for me, at least 16th in distance looks pretty good. So Kirk Kitayama at 7,200, if he doesn't pick up ownership would be the pivot off of Benny Ann for me. And then another yes for me in this range is Scotty Scheffler. I like him a lot. Uh, top 15 ball striker off the TT to win player. He's 13th in distance, 10th in greens and regulations, 16 good drives. So what are you getting here? Well, you're getting a very consistent and solid player all around at this point at a cheap price point. The concerns might be that he's never played here before. I get those concerns. Um, younger player. Uh, I guess uh, here's the thing. If more is going to be $1,400 more expensive and probably a lot more chalky, I'll just go to Scotty Scheffler for a lot cheaper here. He at farmers, nothing was clicking for him at waste management, just historically a tough spot for putters. Uh, He was not getting it done with around the green and putting play. Now you get a tournament that'll be not easier, but fits his strengths more: distance, um, accuracy, those types of things. So, Scotty Scheffler at 7,100, I like in the 7K range. My yeses right now are Benny M, Scotty Scheffler, but I'm very quick to pivot off of Ann if the projected ownership numbers are high on him. Some guys that also stand out to me: Kirk Kitayama, Kevin Na, Victor Perez, Corey Connors, Sun M, and Abraham and Now to the 6K range, are there any diamonds in the rough down here? I do think that there might be some. So Matthias Schwab, somebody that I, I have some interest in in a player pool, but the guys that we'll talk about, and usually guys that end up garnering ownership in bigger field events, guys that I usually find myself getting to, you have Lanto Griffin and Carlos Ortiz down here. Now watch the ownership of these guys. If they go unnoticed, both of them are fantastic. One of them picks up ownership, pivots to the other one. Both of them pick up ownership, get to some of them, but don't go crazy with it. Lonto Griffin at 6,700 here. Um, look, he's, he's a great putter. 12th in putting here. Um, you're getting a player that is priced down here in this, I don't know, bottom 15 in pricing in the $6,700 range. And you're getting him as a top 40 tee to green ball striker approach player. 16th in distance. Likely chalky having a question mark, but watch that. He's gained uh, strokes putting 1.5 in his last five events. He's been hot there. Again, hard to really categorize it or really follow that through five rounds. Look more towards like the 50 rounds or 50 tournaments or so. And it'll look a little bit better even then. Solanto just a very consistent player. 125 uh, to one odds to win this thing, not terrible. And then Carlos Ortiz, um, also looks fantastic. A top 25 player in approach around the green, Tita to green. He's fine with the putter as well. Sixth in distance and seventh in scrambling. Those two things stand out to me. Your top eight player in both of those, which I think you're gonna need here a good amount. He has gained across the board in his last 20 contests. That is very impressive for a guy down in this range. Gained in Tita to green, gained approach in around the green putting and off the tee. In his last 20 events, on average, he has gains now. Not a lot of people do that at all, um, and he's been doing it. So at 6,600, Carlos Ortiz is my yes. Lanto is a maybe. Matthias Schwab is also a maybe for me. Uh, and then lastly, Ryan Fox, 6,400 is the cheapest I'd go. Anything below the $6,500 range, you're going to be getting guys who are just playing from different events. You don't see them often, different tours, not the highest quality of golfers. They're just in this tournament because it's a WGC event. And that's how the WGC ranks this stuff and, and puts this stuff together. But Ryan Fox, T67 here last year, one of the worst players in the field. I am not recommending playing him. Just get to your Carlos Ortiz and Lonto, but I will point out that he is good in one thing. He's number two in distance in this field. The issue is he has not been accurate and he's losing strokes in approach around the green, putting. He's been terrible in those departments. T to green, off the tee, the distance numbers, he's been pretty good there. But it's really hard to put your game together. I guess the argument for him is he'll bomb it, he'll get it to the green on these drivable par fours. He didn't do that last year here, but I will say at 6,400, he's the cheapest thing that I would consider. The thing that I probably get to the most is Lanto plus um, Carlos Ortiz. So that is it. That is the YouTube and a podcast version for this event, the WGC Mexico. Again, starts Wednesday, I believe at 10 AM. So make sure to get your lineups in by them. And before you leave, if you can do me a favor and hit the subscribe button on your podcast version, if you leave a five-star rate interview, that's even better. So thank you so much. And hit the subscribe button over on YouTube. Point to you guys right now. I really do appreciate it. And I, it just doesn't cost really anything. And it helps us grow this audience. I also, if you've watched to this far in the YouTube channel and the audio version, we might need some sort of name for the following. I don't know if that makes sense, but um, the fantasy footballers—they call themselves the Foot Clan, right? We we might need some sort of name. Uh, so when I when I thank people for all the support and things like that, I can name something, right? I, I've had people reach out with names before, and they're all they're all corny, to be honest with you. I love I love the effort, but Sal's pals is just not going to be something that I'm going to be saying all that often, right? So I don't know if anybody has any name ideas. Again, this is a a community that I've loved that we've been able to grow and interact with personally. So let me know. Let me know any names out there that you think would be a pretty cool name. Um, Think about it, I guess. Uh, just Things to just do with my name aren't the greatest, but I will be open to hearing those out. Maybe if we get a winner out there, we'll have some sort of award for it. But thank you so much. Appreciate you all tuning in. Uh, pinned up above is drafters.com if you're still listening and you want to check out drafters. They did announce yesterday that they're going to be releasing best ball leagues pretty soon for the NFL. I'll be talking more about those as they release, but you can get in early, play some of their snake drafts, rank them format. It is drafters.com, promo code sal one hundred al one zero zero to get a 100% deposit bonus up to one, up to $50. You put in 10 bucks, try it out, you get 10 for free. So check out drafters.com, use the promo code SAL100 to let them know you came from me.